Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's taco about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up, guys? Um, this is Taco Tuesday. My name's Christian Brindle. These are my keys. I thought um, you were grabbing tacos. I was like, you you have tacos? <laughs> no, I don't have tacos. I added like tin foil on tacos. Oh, oh, it's tacos. It's tacos. Um, I'm Christian Brindle. He's Glenn Shelton. Whichever way the camera ends up putting us in the recording of this and um this is taco tuesday let's talk about insurance hope you guys are having a great week and um we have a good episode for you today what should we bullshit about today though before we get into the topic Ooh, you know part of me feels like we should have an open brainstorming discussion on our live taco tuesday episode which this is going to be huge, you guys. This is we're we're planning on a live Taco Tuesday, so we're we're going to do it in the like the entrance, like the lobby of the hotel, right? The yeah. day of check in. So we'll probably get there early. We don't necessarily know an exact time. What like three o'clock, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that day there will yeah. be a welcome party that evening for everybody at the summit. It'll be. Um, at a what time? Um, at an what off time store, at an off spot location from the from the hotel, but it, it's probably five ten minutes away from the hotel. It's really close, and that is likely going to kick off at either seven or eight. We're trying to determine what would be a good time to start it at. Um, I think I would say we do. I don't know yet. What do you think? Seven or eight, or maybe even seven thirty. Are you talking about for the? the party that night party we're trying to figure out when the party starts um probably the later the better if people are checking in late like i'm you know i'm going out of town next week by the time i check in and get my room it'll probably be almost eight yeah so i you know i'm thinking for people checking in late eight o'clock or so would be great yeah i I agree with that so that's probably what it's going to be it's going to be eight o'clock for the welcome party so before that to anybody that gets there earlier um we will be doing a live taco tuesday probably around three o'clock like glenn said in the lobby of the hotel and um it will be live streamed and it will be recorded of course but then anybody that's arrived early and checked in already remember if you want to get your lanyard and everything you need you got to check in with my staff so you got to do that we'll talk about it more as it gets are we gonna are we gonna have like chairs like we're gonna like set up an audience we could. I don't. I don't know. I would if, be. I don't know if the hotel will let us do that. <laughs> we try. That um, would be sick to have like twenty chairs, thirty chairs. I mean, I'm wondering if we can get 
if they'll let us into the ballroom we could do it on the stage even but i don't know we might have to pay for a whole nother day of the ballroom to do that but that might be worth it though that i mean depending on i guess it kind of depends on how many people would actually show up early enough i would i don't think there's going to be a tremendous amount of people i think there will be some people that come in the morning on thursday so from my experience with these events i think there are people that come early but i don't think it'd be a majority i think a majority probably will come later on in the day but we'll figure it out we'll let you guys know more about it as it gets closer but we'll um, keep you posted this will be the first ever live taco tuesday in person the six so again if you're coming to the six figure medicare agent summit this june and this june 10th and 11th in salt lake city we will be doing a live taco tuesday around three o'clock the day of Mm check-in so the ninth yes we this is happening christian i have already committed it's just a matter of details even if you're not planning on going you're going to want to watch the live stream so stay tuned it's going to be epic yeah i mean it's and and the event in general is just going to be fantastic i don't want to turn this episode into summit episode but um i mean the event's going to be great so it's just another um phenomenal thing that will be taking place at the event um my entire office is very excited about it and um yeah i mean it's we're ready to go we're just itching for it to get closer and um just itching yeah scratching christian what are we talking about today for taco tuesday so today we're talking about what are we going about we're talking about selling medicare in the off season meaning post oep which is january 1st to march 31st where you have the the medicare advantage open enrollment period where you can people can make one change during that three-month time period and before aep which is october 15th through december 7th which is of course all of us know the um the true open season the free-for-all um time period where all the changes come out so this is kind of in between that that time period and sometimes medicare agents can kind of view the off season as i'll call it really from like let's see from like maybe april to september right they kind of look at this as like this barren wasteland kind of time period where uh, medicare agents are literally starving and dying on the grounds and the streets because there's no business to write or whatever totally ridiculous i mean there's plenty of business you can write this is a year-round business of course, there's more people you can write during those enrollment periods. However, you can still do really well if you target the right people and have the right strategies in the offseason. That's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I keep thinking of professional athletes and their offseason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even like a serious college athlete. What do you think a successful athlete's offseason looks like? What do you think? I mean, I can tell you from the content that I've seen from professional athletes, they are putting in the time and the work. They're working out just as hard. Sometimes they're working out harder than they do during the actual time of the season of their play. Mm -hmm. So this idea that an off season is a time to take a break, a time to not worry about selling. I think it's kind of absurd. I do think there's some agents out there who 
Well, I know for a fact, I know without a doubt, there's agents out there where they won't even sell OEP. They're only selling AEP. And so there's definitely agents who sell AEP and OEP, and then they just take off the whole summer. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that. There's a lot of agents like that. One of the common misconceptions that I'll talk when I, when, that I'll hear when I talk to agents that are maybe unfamiliar with the Medicare field is they'll say, oh, it's just a seasonal business, right? Right. And um, absolutely not. I mean, Christian Brindle did 52 apps in May last year, like just May, you know what I mean? Um, so it, it's all about the way you look at it and who you want to believe, right? You want to believe the people that are in the final expense world that have never sold Medicare, that that's their, their way to knock it? Or do you want to believe the people in the Medicare space? Um, I would say, let's talk about specifically, like, what kind of people can people go after, right, in yeah. the off season? Because obviously, you know, like I said, there is more people you can go after during AEP. That is true. Right. Probably the prime time opportunity. So the people that you likely will not be able to go after would be people that are maybe on Medicare Advantage plans. They're not low income. They don't qualify for any kind of um, special enrollment period. There's no five-star plans in the area. Maybe they're just, they're, they're stuck on their Medicare Advantage plan for some, for some reason or another. Um, those are the people that you can't really do much with in the off season. Right. Um, the people that you can work with are people that are on Medicare Advantage plans and they're in low income situations. So you have the DSNP um, world, right? The, the Medicare Medicaid world. And because they have a, a, a quarterly SEP that they can use to change plans for the first three quarters of the year. They can't do it in the fourth quarter. Um, you have MedSup replacements, which Glenn knows really well, um, which is 12 months all year round. As long as they can pass health questions and underwriting, they're good. Um, and you have T65. So I'd love to dive into all of these a little bit deeper. You know, the one thing that stood out there, the MedSup replacements year round, it baffles me how there's still a lot of agents out there who are like surprised by that, or it's unknown to them, or they think AP is all Medicare supplement and advantage. Like there's, it's, you would think something basic like that people would, would know, um, then there's, I mean, and that was all met, like, obviously, then there's a whole slew of other products outside of Medicare that yeah. you could be selling as well, especially if you have a life health license. I mean, yep. it's, it's wild, honestly. It is a wild idea of that life and health license, how many different lines of insurance you're actually able to sell with that one license. I mean, technically, I guess it's two, but you know, disability insurance, life insurance, cancer insurance, dental insurance. Um, I don't, do you have to be a licensed agent to sell pet insurance? I know a bunch of agents who are getting into pet insurance. I know that should be its own episode. We should talk about pet insurance, its so own episode. From my understanding with pet insurance, I think it's a P&C license, actually, because pets are really property. Okay, there you have it, you guys. I guess that's not life health, but but uh, I, I I looked into it myself because I wanted. Have you to get heard into of it. people I killing to get it? Into it? I've heard of people who kill it with pet insurance. I'd love to. I want I want to sell pet insurance leads. I want to be like, it's like, hi, Mrs. Jones. Do you have a? Is that a dog barking in the background? Would you like some pet insurance? We'll have an agent contact you. 
There's someone at my front door. Hello. Who are you? Bing bong. I have this new, have this new ring doorbell, guys. So I can look at people. I can be like, get away from my house. Hi. Yeah. But I'm wondering. Get away like, from my mansion. While oh, Christian's God. investigating who's robbing his house, I will I'll keep things going. So pet <laughs> insurance, obviously, again, that, that's kind of a weird one I, I'm throwing out there. But short-term care, long-term care. Um, I mean, life insurance in itself, there's so many different types of life insurance, accidental death, mm-hmm. you know, uh, simplified issue, whole life, you know, IULs, financial products. That's a whole nother one, right? Annuities. Annuities. I mean, it's, it's really, there's a huge plethora and the vast majority of agents focus on just the one or two products. Final, I'll sell final expense life insurance and I'll sell MedSup. That's mm-hmm. it. And you have all of these other options that you could be pursuing during the year between this blackout period. And then you, you can circle back and start cross-selling both groups. So you could be you know, let's say you're selling final expense almost exclusively between April 1st and October 1st. And then you're selling Medicare Advantage almost exclusively from October until end of March. And then you can start to kind of mix and match those clients. Maybe you're following up with your final expense clients during OEP or AEP. Yeah. And you're helping them and vice versa. And you can start to kind of go back and forth. And I think that's a really great strategy. And a lot of agents don't do it. I agree. I think, I think that may, I mean, that's, that's a really great point. Um, another thing that, that that makes me think of that I think is a really good reason to be selling in the off season in some capacity, even if you're selling another product, right? Even if you're not selling Medicare, particularly, maybe you're selling, maybe, maybe the, that time of the year is when you sell final expense, right? Or whatever the case might be, or annuities. Um, what I would say, you know, from that standpoint is it's a great time of the year. Even if you're trying to sell Medicare only, let's just say, assume like maybe you're afraid of other products, right? Um, and you're trying to only sell Medicare. It's a great time to fill your pipeline because I guarantee you're going to run into a lot of people you can't write for whatever reason. And then you have this whole um, plethora of people that you can check back with during AEP as well. So some people... I would make the argument that selling year round actually helps you have a better AEP as well. Cause you have a, oh, without a doubt with that, that's not even a question. If like, it's so easy to have that conversation and be like, well, I can't help you right now, but what I can do, Mrs. Jones is October 15th. I'll follow up with you. Yeah. And boom. And you could, and if you're just like passively collecting those, I can't tell you how many agents I know who do do this. I think the majority don't, but the ones that do do this, they'll go into AEP with a hundred people or more that they already talked to earlier in the year where they said, let me get back to you when I can actually help you, which will be in October later this year. Now that's a huge leg up, huge. I would, I can tell you guys this, my, the first couple of days of October, would be, if not the first week of October, typically for me as an agent, um, in my first probably four or five years, would be taken up from calling my 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 pipeline list is what I would call it. My pipeline list of people that I have talked to over the course of the year that wanted or gave me permission to get back with them during AEP. And 
I could, I could, I could get, depending on how big that list is, I could get 10, 15, maybe 20 appointments in October after the 15th scheduled just from that list right there. I haven't even started working leads. I haven't even started getting referrals, right? I, I mean, that's just, and let's say, let's say I close 50% of them. I think you should close more than 50% of the people you actually sit down with, but let's just be conservative and say I close 50% of them, right? Um, right. right there. I've written like seven or eight apps, right? But it's not unrealistic to maybe be say that you could write 15, 20, 30 apps just from your pipeline list, right? And then you're trying to write 100 apps during AEP. That's kind of like the standard, like the gold standard that everyone's trying to get to. You could maybe get 40, 50 out of that if you have a big enough pipeline list, right? So that gives you such an advantage and a great start to your AEP. I think it's, I think it's vitally important. I, yeah, I don't know if I you, and you could say it any better. I mean, honestly, but again, it comes back to being consistent, having to put in the work. I mean, that's really the bottom line here with with having a successful quote unquote off season, you know, learning new products, doing different types of marketing. There's going to be some changes. You can't you can't keep doing what you do all other, you know, your other playing season during AP and OEP, you're you're game might have to change to to continue to be successful but once you do that once you learn these other lines of insurance or other types of policies that you want to offer and then you're able to start kind of weaving it all together i think it builds a really strong foundation you know between being able to cross sell consistently and having a strong being able to pivot i mean also from a diversity standpoint like diversification of what like we're, uh, the age old thing that comes up with Medicare sales over and over and over is, oh, well, the government's going to go to a Medicare for all or one payer health system and the whole thing's going to collapse next year. Ah, the sky's falling, chicken little. Okay, if that's really the case, if that's the concern, why not incorporate a second line of insurance like life insurance, <coughs> like annuities, like cancer insurance? dental vision, hearing insurance, like whatever it is. Again, there's so many different, that's just off top of my short-term care, you know, disability. It's crazy guys. There's so much opportunity. That license gives you so much opportunity. I know agents who exclusively sell disability insurance. They don't sell anything but disability insurance and they crush it. I know agents who focus exclusively almost on cancer insurance where they lead with cancer insurance and anything else is kind of a cross seller, a secondary offer and they do really well. Mm-hmm. So like, I think there's this like, I don't know, false narrative almost that's, that's going around in the insurance community. Like you gotta just sell one thing. I don't know. We've, we've talked about this before with, with cross Definitely. I mean, Another thing you mentioned the athletes in their off season, right? I think this is a good analogy. Um, think about somebody like a LeBron James, John Moran, whoever you want to pick, right? John, like I, John, I John. think about when, when I think about LeBron, this is what I think about. Cause this, I, I, I don't I, know. If, I don't know if LeBron's going to be a good analogy, bro. No, I don't, no, no, I'm, I'm going, I'm going off. Good with it. I'm going oh, okay. Good. Never mind. Okay. okay. I don't want to jump the gun. Going somewhere good with this. <laughs> so let's think about LeBron when he comes into the league, right? At 18, wherever old he is, he doesn't have a jump shot. He doesn't have post game, but what he does have is 
He can slash to the basket, finish right. to the basket. He's super right. athletic. He's a naturally gifted player, right? He can pass. So you can do all these things, right? Um, over time, he becomes a more consistent jump shooter. In one summer, I read about recently how he spent some time, I think it was like in the 2010s, somewhere in there, works with Hakeem Olajuwon in the summer, develops some post moves, right? Now he's got that like little post, like fadeaway jump shot kind of thing. It kind of comes and goes. Sometimes he's LeBrick with it, but, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but my point is like, if you look at him, maybe let's say when he won the championship in, in Cleveland, right? where his game was and what he could do versus what he was when he came into the league, he was a much more complete player, right? He was a better shooter. He was a better shot creator. He's much better defensive player because he would add things to his game every summer. Um, And that was well-documented. Kobe Bryant, same thing. Kobe Bryant would always try to work on something different in the off season, right? So that that's what I think about. Like you add something to your approach. So I think learning another product could, could probably relate to that for an agent. I think that's a, that was a wonderful analogy. And, and there's a lot of professional basketball players specifically that do exactly that. One, one that came to mind as you were talking there, Jerry Rice. I was a huge Jerry Rice fan growing up. If you don't know who Jerry Rice is, he was a record hold. Yeah. If the best, if not still the best to ever be a wide receiver in the NFL. Yep. And I know his biography pretty well. Like I know his background and his work ethic. And during the summer, during the off season in the NFL, he was running the Hills. I don't know how much and how consistent, but he was doing Hill runs, I think almost daily during the summer. So compare it to someone who's working out like baseline, or they're not really working out. They're kind of taking a break, taking summer off. And those two athletes in August, when, when camp starts, who do you think has a leg up Jerry Rice, who's been running Hills all summer or the athlete who took it kind of slow, the other Mm -hmm. wide receiver who took time off. And then he's trying to get in shape in August before kickoff in September. And Jerry, by the end of the camp, you know, Jerry Rice is playing at his best level because he's put in the work. He put in the off season work and it's insurance. sales. it's the same game, same, same exact thing. You could sell more insurance during your off season and set you up for that AP, the, the real season, the on season. I don't know what the, the best terminology is there, but it's, yeah, it, it really is the same game. You guys, you just got to put in the work. Yep. I agree. I agree. I mean, and even if like, again, you know, even if, even if you don't want to do another product, even if you just wanted to do Medicare, let's say, like you probably do a lot of Medicare advantage during AEP. A lot of us do. You could focus specifically on med subs for the summer because they're a year round game, right? You could, you could get really good at med subs, right? You could pump out 50 to hundred grand in premium, annual premium in the summer. Yes. Sell over the phone. It's super doable. You could start selling annuities. You just sell one annuity during that whole off season and, and you're pretty much set. Like I, it's crazy. Just, I, I wish, I wish the average agent or the new agent that came into the business understood the opportunity, you know, that yeah. just how, how much opportunity there really is. I agree. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't have a whole lot to add. I think that's very well that's said it, guys. <laughs> That's it. It's short. It's sweet. It's to the point, but it's good. It's very, it's what you guys need to hear. And it's, it's true. It's good information. Yeah. 
valuable information as and again we're, we're talking about this because this is timely right we want this to get out to agents who are trying to figure out what the next move is because maybe they didn't plan out past oep maybe they're getting to the end of march and they're looking at vacations and they're thinking it's over till october you know it's not it's not yep. that's right guys that's right um Mr. Shelton, final thoughts on this topic? Um, man, I, I think if you are going to start incorporating cross-selling, I've said this before on the show and I'll kind of say it again. I think it's important to learn a product kind of one at a time and build on what you've already came to an understanding with. So if you're trying to learn, I'm going to learn short-term care annuities and cancer insurance. I've never sold any of them and I'm going to try to do all of them at once. That's a recipe for failure. If you have already been selling Medicare for six months or more, and then all of a sudden, because the off season's coming, you want to incorporate one other pro. I think that's a great recipe for success is building on what you've already came to understand that you have a good knowledge of and then taking one ancillary product at a time and kind of building on, on your, your different offering offers that you have. So that's my final thoughts. Christian, final thoughts on selling during OEP. Take it away. Yeah. Or I mean, um, post, sorry, selling post OEP. Yes. Yes. Um, I would say guys, um, there's so much opportunity out there. And I think you're going to be infinitely more successful just by doing business in the off season, but also having a better AEP it just helps you in a myriad of ways in your business to treat it like a year round business, right? Like, um, and I think if you do that, it's what all the successful people do, right? Like boomer benefits doesn't take off summer. Good Lord. No, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Medicare yeah. Bob is not taking off summer. I'm not taking off any summer months. Christian's not taking any summer months off. No, no. So do you want to, who do you want to be like? Do you want to be like the people that are leading the industry or do you want to, do you want to nod? Right. Um, that's, a, that's a mic. That was like a mic drop right there. Just, yeah. I mean, the, the people that are, the people that are at the top of our industry work year round. So you should too. That'd be my final thoughts. Done. That's a wrap, you guys. <sighs> guys, we appreciate you guys. Um, as always, if you enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star review on, on the, uh, the platforms that you're listening to that allow it. Or if you're watching on YouTube, please like the video. It helps so much with the YouTube algorithm. Make sure to comment your thoughts below. Do you guys agree? Do you disagree? We'd love to have an interaction with you, a friendly one. Um, and make sure to hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel if you're not already. And um, we'll be back next Tuesday. And uh, appreciate you guys and watch for the live one at the summit. That's right. Keep anyway. eating tacos. Keep selling insurance. In large volume. Large volume, baby. That's what we're all about. Later, guys. <laughs>